0: Okay, we are live. Hello, Ryan, how are you today?
1: Hey, Evan, I am, uh, I'm good. It's, it's a beautiful day. Um, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. Here's the second installment for the EvMac podcast. If you guys remember the first episode, we had Sean Garvey, an old friend of mine. And today we have Ryan Garvey, Sean's older brother. There's one more brother. I'll complete the trifecta after this, maybe. He's waiting Um, in
1: the green room.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah. Well, I I can say I mean the first time. um, I wouldn't say I really ever got to know you that much as as a kid, but and it's funny because we're doing this podcast on a ping pong table. That's our table, and most of my exposure to Ryan was through ping pong. Sean and Sean and I were obsessed with ping pong. And if you ask Sean to this day, he'll say that ping pong's one of the major contributors to to his life. He spent so much time playing it. And, you know, this, we started playing probably when I was like 10 or so. And, and you know, I'd, I'd get the rare opportunity to play <clears throat> against Ryan and would never ever win. And, um, and I can say that I have won one time to this date. I'm very proud of that. <clears throat> yeah, Ryan, talk. Oh, I didn't call. Sorry about that. Yeah, Ryan, what does ping pong mean to you?
1: Uh, so ping pong is, <clears throat> I don't play much anymore, mainly just because I don't have a table anymore. But ping pong was a huge part of our family Growing up, um, we, when I was around like 13, we moved into a house um, over by Seneca Park with a, a really good ping pong set up in the basement. And we had, we had never, none of us had really played, me nor Sean, my younger brother, or Patrick, my older brother, had much experience. And my parents got us to ping-pong table pretty soon after moving into that house. And we just, especially me and Sean, just became pretty much obsessed with it. Played against each other, obviously, a ton. Patrick as well. But then, you know, I would just seek out... That was right as I was going into high school at Manual, And I would seek out, like, the best players at Manual. And eventually I became certainly one of the best players at Manual. And uh, it was... Yeah, I, I, had a, I had a lot of just... Honestly, countless hours playing ping pong. I it's for sure in terms of my sports that I'm good at. Ping pong is right up there. I've played a lot of different sports. I played soccer, you know, very seriously. Um, played in college, but took ping pong pretty seriously and, and just loved it. Yeah, I don't think people take ping
0: pong seriously enough. Like, but when you see those games, like between you you and Sean or <clears throat> for me and Sean, and um, and it's just, a, it's it's crazy. It's so intense, and I don't think, because no one really experiences that level on a day basis, no one even knows people that good in America, I mean, of course they take it seriously in China. It's just, I really like it because, you know, I was a tennis player, and most, if you can play tennis, you can hit around with ping pong. You have like the basic form, Down, you understand what spin is, and you can you can hit. And some of the tennis players, if they actually played some more ping pong on top of that, could get pretty good. Uh, So that's kind of why I liked ping pong. Uh, But uh, it's it's much less aggressive as on your body, you know, Mm -hmm. sprinting around. But there's so much skill and reflexes. That's what I like about it. It's just like the ball's moving so fast that you get in this flow state, because you could never think that fast. You just have to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I really like about it. Um,
1: yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of, ping pong is a, <coughs> it's a very, there's just a lot of great things about ping pong. I mean, when you, it, it's a, because you can kind of, you know, you can almost, if you get pretty good at it, you can kind of play, like, like, I could play ping pong the way I wish I could play tennis. And that's that's just really fun because I've loved... Tennis is probably my favorite sport to watch. Um, and I've, I've followed, like, Federer and all those guys growing up. Maybe now with Tiger coming back, Golf is getting in there. But um, And I've, I've always... It's like I can play ping pong the way I wish I could play tennis. And it's... It is... There's a lot of reflexes, but there's there's also... I, I always found great enjoyment from the cerebral strategy part of ping pong because it's you know there's just it's a very complex game um and you can also you know it's kind of it's kind of in between like a, a rugged you know very physically taxing sport like basketball or soccer and then something like pool which is basically a sport but there's not a whole lot. You don't have physical, to be fit. Yeah. Like, uh,
0: there's no agility.
1: Compared. Right, and you can literally play, you know, all literally all day long. Ping pong's sort of in between that, which is great because you get you get this like kind of runner's high from moving around so much. Mm-hmm. And it helps to keep you in shape, but it's not so hard on the body. I mean, you, we you would mean just you can, can do it for hours. Yeah,
0: and not like injure yourself. Yeah,
1: either. exactly. So yeah, a lot of a lot of things I love about ping pong. I need to. I need to try to fight more, honestly.
0: Yeah. Um, so, when you headed out to... Uh, it's Wyoming, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I am... <clears throat> I am leaving on May 4th, driving out to a ranch in the in Grand Teton National Park. Um, and I'm going to go and... Work out there and live out on the ranch, um, or think, the, like a cattle ranch. Uh, yeah, I, you know I don't. It's it's referred to as a like a dude ranch, um, and there's it's a pretty big like operation. Um, what I'm gonna be doing particularly is working with their scenic float department, which they take uh, groups of customers down the Snake River on like day trips. So you have like a guide in the center of kind of a big raft with 10 or 12 people on, on board. And yeah, they go down for you know a few hours on the Snake River. It's kind of, it's not like whitewater rafting, but it's also not lazy river. It's sort of something in between that where there's quite a bit of training, so. Is there, I mean, I imagine that would be kind of cold. Uh, like the water or yeah, just yeah, being out the there water. you know I don't know I, I'm sure the water is extremely cold during <laughs> yeah. the like fall and winter months yeah. and I think it's still um, even in the summer like running water can
0: be pretty cold you know
1: yeah and, it, and I as far as yeah. I know you know Wyoming's the weather out there it's even during the hottest months of the year like June July it's still chilly in the mornings and at night um mm-hmm. So, yeah, it I'm I'm really excited. I'm not going to be starting off as a as a guide. I'm going to be like a driver, so like transporting the group, you know, to the starting point, picking them up, doing stuff like that. And then my intention is to get trained, you know, as quickly as I can to actually guide and take people down the river. So, it's it's, it's exciting. Big change. How would you find out about this? Just Google and stuff? <laughs> uh, no. So, I have a cousin, who's quite a bit older than me, that um, he worked, he, during college, worked at this ranch for two summers in a row. He, the first year was a driver, the second year was a guide, and he had kind of, I don't know, you know, when the first time I actually heard about it was, but um, he had mentioned it to me a while back, and I have just been kind of wanting to change things up, kind of feel like I am spinning my wheels a little bit in Louisville, Mm -hmm. and uh, basically just thought it was was the right time, and um, so I got with him, and went through the process to try to get a job out there, and it worked out, so. Nice, and this will
0: just be, they only do this in the summer?
1: The, so the the float operation that I'm gonna be working with runs kind of, it like gets kicked up kind of during the spring, um, like late spring and then it goes through the summer and then will be done in the fall so um, i don't you know I, I don't know what i'm going to do afterwards i haven't tried to plan that far out i'm more focused on kind of just getting out there and getting going yeah. but um, yeah you know it's there's other things that i could potentially other jobs i could do at this same ranch or who knows
0: yeah, you never know where life will take you. That sounds really cool, though. I've never been out there, but my girlfriend just says it's like, it's her favorite place in the world, and we, you know, I've taken her to Hawaii and and shown her some pretty cool stuff, and she says, you know, far and away that um, that Wyoming is is her favorite place. Did she, did, which, which national park is there? I always mix it up. It's like Yellowstone or, or is it Yosemite?
1: Well, no, Yosemite is... I think Yosemite is in California. Okay. Pretty yeah. sure. That's where... I think that's where, like, Alex Honnold... That's the, uh, where El Capitan big is. Wall yeah. yeah. I'm almost positive that's in California. It's, it's definitely not near where I'm going to be going. I've never been there. That's definitely on my, like, national park bucket list. But, yeah. Um, so the, the ranch I'm going to be living and working at... Um, it's called Triangle X Ranch that is in Grand Teton National Park and so then you have I think north of Grand Teton National Park is Yellowstone National Park and those are the two like probably they may be the only the only two national parks in Wyoming but they're the the two most like known I think Yellowstone so there's kind of different classifications for all this stuff you'll have like national forest, national park, wilderness areas, stuff like that, but Yellowstone is huge. It may be the biggest national park in the U.S. Um, it, it's, it's really big, and so where I'm gonna be staying, I think it's considered part of like the greater Yellowstone area, but it's not actually in Yellowstone National Park.
0: Yeah, okay, very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I certainly uh, get the travel bug if I stay in Pole too long. <laughs> I know that was kind of what, uh, you know, the episode last time I was with with Sean, is that, you know, he hasn't been back too long at all, and he still, he kind of wants to head back to uh, Southeast Asia. I think it's just a woman for him. I think he just likes Asian women or something.
1: Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, I know he's been making uh, making some noises about wanting to do some more traveling, so he's kind of getting into this whole like personal training thing right now, but I don't know, maybe, maybe he'll do that soon. I, and I've, you know, part of the reason, um, I think that I wanted to do this and, and especially wanted to go to this particular place is that I've been to Wyoming twice in the past, uh, like three years. And then, uh, so like I did a camping trip out there, kind of like camping out of a car with some friends, but then, in 2017 i went out there with my older brother patrick and we met like two of our friends and did a a backpacking trip in the wind river um, mountain range which is part of the rockies in wyoming and that was just a super cool experience and um kind of definitely made me appreciate the wilderness more and um I've been. I've definitely wanted to get back out and do something like that again ever since then. So.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm. Uh, I'm a little jealous, for sure. <laughs> but that's um, that's part of my motivation. Like I told you. I'm building a tiny home, so that. You know, if I don't have to pay for rent and if I can. Have no. I know that I have somewhere I can come back to, because you know. I can always come back to Louisville and, you know, live with my parents or whatever, but um, it doesn't feel right necessarily to do that. So if I have my own place, then, you know, I don't have to worry to come back and, and sign a lease or anything, like, because, I you know, I signed this lease, it's a year long, and most leases are a year or six months, and that does not give you very much uh, flexibility.
1: Right.
0: So, yeah, hopefully... I can make that work. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm going to make that work, but it'll
1: take some time. I'm eager to to see the tiny home, or at least see whatever progress has been made. I know we've talked a little bit about me and Sean maybe going out there one weekend. So hopefully, I can see that. It sounds sounds very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm planning on going out
0: there this weekend and doing like the first major thing. Um, I have not been saving money quite as quickly as I was hoping to. Um, but it'll you know it's a slow p- process, so, yeah. I, I mean, we talked to uh, I was telling you on my other podcast. If anyone wants to check that out, the Seeds on Ground podcast, where I talk mostly about sustainability. Um, you know, my uncle is fully solar powered, so that gives me motivation uh, to do the same. But yeah, um, but yeah, Ryan, tell us tell us a little bit um,
1: about you know, what you're doing now, I guess. So, so right now, um, I am just doing some like random different work. I worked, and I- Are you not at UPS anymore? No, I worked at UPS um, basically over the winter, and that was all right, Um, but- Did you and Sean work there at the same time at all? No. (laughs) He worked there before me. I mean, he only. How long did he been there? <laughs> not very a couple long. Couple weeks, maybe. Yeah, a couple weeks. I think I was there. I was there for like three months, maybe. And actually, it wasn't bad. It was. It was. It, like during their peak season, that's like when I signed on. There's some good financial, like the pay is not bad, and um, it just was. It was better than I thought it was gonna be. But then things changed a lot once you get out of like peak season. I was. Kind of just like see you later. I you know I wanted to get this thing lined up in in Wyoming before I made any changes there. But um, yeah, so since then I've been doing a few different things. I have a there's a friend of mine's family owns a flooring company in Louisville, and I work with a, them. so a what company? A flooring company? Um, well. Oh, flooring. Flooring. Yeah. Okay, I thought
0: you said fluorine. I'm like, <laughs> are they fl- putting all the fluoride in all the water? Are they evil? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so I um, I work with them some and I also just I, you know I I have a family friend of ours I do some uh, this guy named Mike he has a, owns a bunch of properties I help him like i helped him remodel some of that stuff and just kind of I'm just kind of uh, you know trying to Make a little bit of money here and there, and um, get myself ready to, to leave. because so, I don't have that much time at this point. I mean, I'm leaving in under three weeks. So.
0: Yeah. Are you still? Uh, are you? So you're not at your parents with Sean, right? You're. No. You're at the apartment.
1: Yes, I live at Kensington Court, which mm-hmm. is a building that my parents used to own. They no longer own that, but yeah, I'll be there until the end of the month. Um, and then I'm going li- to I'm going to move in with my brother Patrick for like three or four nights. And, uh, then I'm, I'm hitting the road. Nice. That's
0: awesome. And you don't, you're not, no one's, you're not meeting anyone there. No one's going with you.
1: No, I, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. The only person that I've even, I have a contact that I've been going back and forth with, um, you know just about like getting a job and all that stuff but i don't actually know anyone that works or lives out there every basically everyone i tell that i'm everyone i tell like what i'm doing they're like oh well we're going to come visit you and so i'm hoping someone like one, <laughs> one of these people actually i, I think my parents are going to do a trip out to that area of the country, they've never, they've actually never been there. So it's like perfect. Well, they were supposed to go to Vietnam to see Sean. Yeah. I think that a lot of that was cause he came home like a little bit earlier than he thought maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think they're gonna come. And then I'm, I've been talking to a group of friends uh, about possibly meeting, uh, we may be meeting at Zion National Park and doing a, a camping trip there while- I'm, and that's in Utah. Right? Yeah, which is awesome. I, I was there on a family trip many years ago and that's a super cool park, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm definitely hoping to see some familiar faces while I'm there. Um, but it's gonna be, yeah, pretty much all new territory, new people, so. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. I think a lot of people don't
0: do some of the travel they want to because of the unknown and and not knowing anyone but to me i just feel like life is so much more exciting when you don't know what's going to happen next like i get like even if it's something cool and you know it's and it's you know it's your everyday thing or it's just there's so much more mystery and i, I love it i love the unknown and you know it's hard for me to even say like what would my Perfect life be, and a lot of people are like, Oh, I would have this job or do this thing. And I'm like, There's still so much like repetition and, mm-hmm. and stuff. I I really like the because I did, you know, I did the same thing when I went to Indonesia. Um, you know, didn't know, well, I, I did end up meeting up with a friend um, who I met studying abroad in Australia. He was studying orangutans, and I went and I went to the orangutan research and i had to lie and say that I was his cousin in order to do it but so I, I was with him for a week but for the rest the next three months i didn't know anyone um
1: yeah i heard i heard you and sean on the first episode of this podcast talking about you going to indonesia I, i'm not sure i knew that you had done that when when did you do that and how long were you there
0: It was about a year ago exactly. Like, what's today? April 18th? Yeah, I think it's April 18th. Yeah, it was about a year ago exactly, (laughs) or about 20 days in. So I left her at the end of March last year. Um, And yeah, so I spent a week with my friend Connor, who was doing the orangutan research. I stayed in the orangutan research place, which was like essentially. A wood shack built on a swamp and it was it was I mean we went down like it was like documentary level shit where you you know you get (laughs) I get on a boat and we drive four hours up the river and you see this extremely isolated villages no like tribal people but very isolated villages whose only source of income is they have these houses where swifts come in and they make bird nests and they take those and sell them for bird nest soup it's their only source of income for most of them or fishing or logging. Wow. So yeah, we're like four hours up the river and you know, it's, it's, it, it's on the equator. Like it was about as close to the equator as, I was, as I'm ever gonna get. And so every single piece of land is covered with the plant, even in the water, like it was crazy. Uh, so I did that for a week and I, you know, we followed the orangutans and I saw them, they're my favorite animal, so I was psyched.
1: So it was this, it was just you and your friend out on this?
0: Well, he, he worked in a research facility, so like there were, he had a boss and he, there were Indonesian people that served as, um, as they're called, he was like the researcher. Mm-hmm. The, the Western white people were researchers and then they had research assistants that knew way more about the forest, and way more about orangutans, yeah. but they, they're, just, they're not affiliated with any colleges, so, so they would show them around. And
1: they'd I'm, mo- I'm just thinking, like, it seems like this is a very remote area. I mean, were there, what, ha- what if you got some sort of an infection? Like, were there medical people around? Or like, how <clears> is that? No,
0: it, what it was, next to a village, this research camp, you would walk about 20, 20 minutes out of the forest, and you would be in the nearest village they had a few people, you know, they probably, had, I don't know how many people in the village, probably 50 or something, maybe less. Hmm. And so not really any medical attention, but, you know, four hours down the river, you could go to one, one of the major cities of Indonesia, Palakkaraya, and you could get help that way. I'm sure they had some stuff on on tap. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I when I was there, this is when I was, so yeah, I'll just finish explaining. So one week there. And the mosquitoes were so terrible, like ah, they would bite you through two layers of shirts. It was, it was. I've never seen anything like it. My entire leg was bitten, bitten up, and so I. Uh, one week there, I got pooped on by an orangutan, and uh, and I, I joke with Sean that I have its microbiome now, and I'm super resilient. Hey. <laughs> Could be good. But yeah. um, a fecal, and fecal transplant yeah, from an orangutan. Yeah, and now, at the time I was eating pretty much hundred percent fruit so i felt like an orangutan um (laughs) and uh so i did that for a week and then i did like three weeks at a farm roughly in the same area not like sorry not the same area but central borneo still um and uh borneo is just just the name of the island in indonesia is the southern indonesia well the, sorry, the southern two-thirds of Borneo is called Kalimantan, which means Indonesian Borneo. And then the top two-thirds is Malaysia. And, and then the, there's a speck that's Brunei, which is its own country. So I was in Indonesia for that whole time. So I had three weeks at another farm, permaculture farm, um, and that's what I was into. And then about two months at another permaculture place, more of an education center. And I was in Java, which is a different island. Mm. And then two weeks on a very remote island called Ambon, which is far west Indonesia. Uh, and then a week at a Durian festival in Malaysia, which is amazing. Uh, and then two weeks in Hawaii, and then I came
1: back. So it was about three and a half, four months overall. Wow, that's some <coughs> legit, you know, that's like real adventuring. That's that's awesome that reminds me of a my brother Patrick and his wife and I watched a movie recently called Jungle it just reminds me of that it's like these young guys like it's based on a true story I think it stars the guy that played Harry Potter but they're like going to the Amazon to I don't know they're like going to find some lost tribe and it's just it's it's cool like to actually really like adventure like that I don't feel like I've got a taste of that doing that backpacking trip but that what you did sounds like a whole different level so that's awesome yeah.
0: yeah it's definitely being in so they say the Borneo rainforest is the most diverse uh, because it's been around for 130 million years whereas the Amazon and the African rainforests are much younger so they've, they have you know they have, I mean this is debatable because there's so many species that are undiscovered there's so many species that are being you know killed every day too yeah um, but they say the Borneo rainforest it has the highest diversity, and I was just like I have to go there before it's gone, and and my friend was telling me that he was doing research on orangutans. The second he told me that, I was like I'm coming to visit you. I don't care what happens. I just gotten a job, and yeah. you know, I quit my job. Uh, for I probably wouldn't have quit the entire time. I probably would have sort of asked to leave and done done this vacation or this trip. But it was time to quit that job, anyways. That was installing solar panels. Um, but yeah, I mean, waking up with the rainforest, it was something else. You get your, because the orangutans wake up at like
1: 5 a.m., so you have to get there before them. So, were you all, where were you sleeping? Were you camping? Like, how is this, or were you just sleeping at this? shack, like were you going back to the shack like every night? or? Yeah,
0: we, we sleep and they have food in the kitchen and they okay. have a big table and they have research equipment and stuff like that, all in this. I mean, it's a big place, it's not just a shack, it's the, they do have multiple rooms and it's all open air though, and it's literally over, open, like, standing water, so that mosquitoes are like, there's no escape. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you're welcome to have some of these strawberries if you like. Um, Thank you. And so yeah, we would go back and sleep there, um, and then then you would just walk on this boardwalk, which was really sketchy because it was just two pieces of board separated by like a space about the size of another six six inch wide board, and they were separated. So you, it's not like wide. You have to you can only walk almost like you're balancing on one yeah. at a time, and uh, then wow. and then and then you have to and they're super, Some of them are really slippery because of you know all the moisture of the forest. And you just switch back and forth, and you know there's usually only one walkable one at a time because a lot of them are broken. So you're walking above the forest, uh, and you're switching back and forth on boards the whole time. So you're you're definitely bound to fall, and this takes a ton of focus to stay balanced. You have to walk for twenty minutes on these boards yeah, single
1: and Are there like alligators and stuff under you or no? No, it wasn't.
0: It was just puddles. It's ah. it's a swamp forest, so there weren't any rivers. Snakes. I mean, I can guarantee you there are snakes. I yeah. didn't see any, but uh, that's the funny thing is that you don't really see many animals. Yeah. But you know, if you pick up a rock, there's like twelve undiscovered species of beetle. But uh, yeah. But and they had I, I helped them set up camera traps and they they caught clouded leopards. Oh wow. And leopard cats, you know, huge male orangutans, as well as a couple other interesting animals.
1: Yeah, the rainforests are so fascinating. I just, because if, it, if
0: if there weren't any mosquitoes, I'd still be there, but <laughs> it, the mosquitoes are just too much. That's brutal. Especially, it seems that they're they've gotten used to the species there over time, and the Indonesians don't seem to be as bothered by them.
1: Yeah. Whereas I get bit
0: by one, and my fucking arm swells up.
1: <clears throat> I think I was just commenting that I'm fascinated by rainforest in general. I think the mid, like the mysterious nature of them, the fact that. It kind of seems like they're the really the only terrestrial um, habitat that humans haven't really fully explored. I mean, maybe I don't know, like Antarctica, but that's not nearly as interesting. It, you know, you're,
0: you're not going to find
1: thing you know, in, in, in right. Antarctica, and it's just it's so cold and it's like uh, I don't know. But the the rainforests are just super fascinating, especially when you when you read stories and. Um, you know like there was a book actually it was made in a movie called the lost city of z i don't know if you saw that but no, saw that. it was a, a really cool book about this guy named percy fawcett who was like a i think he was an english guy that was just trying to find this like city called z and back in like maybe like the early 1900s it's just it's so interesting especially when you know people are going on these explorations without like modern technology and um, I think there was a there was a, a lot good. of them just died of starvation you know like yeah.
0: every every time uh, Europeans tried to get explore into Papua New Guinea the forest was so thick that they just starved every time
1: they yeah. could never get through it's just such a brutal environment like it's just it's just incredibly hostile and I think so Percy Fawcett and this is a, a pretty big like movie that came out and it was a good movie um but like, I think Percy Fawcett and his son, they basically just disappeared. Like he he went, came back, and then like tried to go again. This guy was just super like, and they just disappeared. And I think most people think they were just taken captive and killed by like tribal people there. But yeah, it's it's really interesting. And there was also there was a um, Joe Rogan did a podcast not that long ago with a guy named, I think, Forrest Galante. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, and so I, I really like that podcast. And that's what, like, when you were telling me about, like, going and, like, doing this adventure in Indonesia, I was thinking about that. And, um, yeah, he, I know I know Forrest Galante mentioned that he thinks there may still actually be species, like, undiscovered species of large Kind of like megafauna animals, yeah, like the that, giant ground sloth or whatever, yeah, or, or just that. like it wouldn't necessarily need to be something bigger than anything else, but just any sort of new species comparable to like a large, you know, mammal or whatever. I guess could be something a little bit more
0: interesting than like a new species, yeah,
1: right. And he, so I know that it's a controversial opinion that he, he holds. I, I think he's he's basically like a biologist and. It, that's just I found that so fascinating because his whole thing is going and trying to find these like undiscovered species, and he was I know he spent a bunch of time looking for uh, I can't remember what it was some like tiger or something. Oh, the thylacine, the uh, Tasmanian tiger. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that guy was cool. But yeah, I, rainforest man, I'm I'm fascinated. I don't know if I would have the. I don't know if I'd have the gumption to get out there and actually explore. Yeah, I thought I was
0: hardcore, but I was only there for a week. And my friend Connor did this for an entire year. Every single day. Well, you had two days off. You know, he had weekends. But almost every single day, you had to get up at like 5 a.m. find an orangutan and follow it for like 11 hours through the forest. And you spend a lot of that time just lounging in a hammock, which is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. But they, they did Catch the orangutan piss, collect the orangutan poo, and and mm. it was hard shit. It was hard as shit. Um, so
1: are, are orangutans? Are they pretty friendly generally, or can they be like? Can they be hostile towards humans? How does that? No one's ever been killed
0: by an orangutan. Okay, um, and they're much less aggressive than chimpanzees. They're interesting because they're not social like chimpanzees are. They don't live in groups, they're solitary. Perfect. They do form bonds with other orangutans. But they're, it's more like the bond where like they might not see each other for years and then they'll see each other again and they're still friends. Whereas chimpanzees are constantly reevaluating their like, relationships and they live in tribes, so they have to. Um, but orangutans, I mean, women have been raped by orangutan male, males before. Like, um, I read a book and that happened. <laughs> it's, it's pretty scary because they're strong as fuck. They're super strong. Yeah. Um, and, and then, like, my friend Connor said he got charged by an orangutan male, but uh, nothing happened from it, you know. Um, Interesting.
1: Yeah, the, the great apes are, like, a, I'm... They're pretty aloof.
0: They're kinda like cats. They don't really like to pay attention to you.
1: Yeah. I just the differences between the different apes is always something that's fascinating. Like bonobos are like always having sex and then chimps are I guess sort of a little more like humans. Obviously their cultures are nowhere near as complex, but like they're and they They can be very violent. Yeah. Yeah. They'll just they'll like hunt monkeys and then I don't know that much about orangutans, and then what do you got? One gorillas? I, I think. Yeah,
0: gorillas, and then uh, boy, the gibbons are another ape. Okay. There are five apes, so you got all of them except the gibbons. Gibbons are known as lesser apes. I see. And if I could, tell people if I could be any animal, it would be a gibbon because they, they move through the trees faster than any other animal. They'll swing freaking 50 feet between trees, and their uh-huh. shoulders are like twice as, they're huge compared to their body. So it'd be like having my shoulders on like a tiny body. (laughs) I could just like do whatever I want in the trees. Um, And there's a moment where the first thing that happened when I got there is I saw, like we were surrounded by a couple gibbons and they they stay really high up in the trees. They never come down. And I hear them screaming like they make whoop whoop like crazy noises. And and then there's like five In the trees around us, and like like I said, they're really high in the air, so I'm not like threatened or anything. But and I see one like from really far away and make eye contact, and he just goes crazy, so (laughs) upset that I'm there. And my friend Connor said he'd never seen more than two at a time, so it was crazy that we got to see
1: five. Yeah, Um, I feel like people forget just that there are other that there are other animals out there. Speaking of like the the other great apes that they're just so in they're frighteningly similar in some ways to humans and you can see them at the zero or whatever but like yeah it's uh th- they all have their own yeah. idiosyncrasy orangutan's
0: moms have to raise the kid for eight years that's the second longest an animal stays with its mother after humans
1: yeah that's crazy
0: yeah and and um well, I what i find he- very interesting because i did a lot of research I'm very fascinated about apes <coughs> it tells you so much about ourselves and if you look at this, the body shapes of orangutans versus chimpanzees they're pretty much the same except for the orangutans arms are longer mm-hmm. and they have bigger hands and feet okay. and my, my theory as to why that is is that in Africa the trees are farther apart and so in, in Indonesia and in Borneo, the trees are closer together, and that means if your arms were like a little bit longer, if your hands were a little bit bigger, then it would then, help you to survive. Yeah, but... then you could, then you could stay in the trees all day long. You never even have to go to the ground. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what they do. Um, yeah. So it's they're super fascinating. Rain are my favorite because they don't really get the same sort of credit that chimps do because they don't they're not as interested in making tools. Not because they're not as smart, just because they're la- they're lazier.
1: Yeah. And, um, I think people just they don't people probably don't relate to them as much. Just they're not as social. They don't look as much like humans. But yeah, yeah. And they are farther
0: away on the on the family tree. Hmm. Okay. So. I, but I mean, there are stores of orangutans that know how to make fire. Like they they try to just take a match and they try to light gasoline on fire. <laughs> it's terrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, yeah, it, people, you know, I think sometimes have fears that one of these ape species will, like, become smarter <laughs> than, like, plan of the apes, but I feel like that, that fear is quickly being, if that was ever a legit fear, I think that the, the fear that we're going to create technology that's smarter than us is a lot more likely. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, So I wanted to, I want to ask you about your, your diet, I heard you... <laughs> I, I hear Sean just randomly, he'll mention things, and I'm like, that sounds weird. But <laughs> I, I think on your, on the podcast with Sean, you said you haven't eaten cooked food in like a month or something? Yeah, a- yeah. So I've been... What, what's your, give me like the overview of what yeah, you're yeah. doing right now.
0: Um, so, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not 100% anything all the time. So like, you know, I had, I had a, you know, since then I had one meal cooked food just because I was hungry and I was feeling like eating a, you know, I just had like a cooked steak and, um, and some, you know, rice and beans with it or whatever. But 99% of the time, I eat raw food. So, and, and my reasoning behind this, um, I've been doing this for a while. The, mo- the majority of the reasoning is that I feel much better doing it. But from a philosophical standpoint, Every single wild animal in the world eats only a raw food diet. You know, they have no access to cooked food whatsoever. And uh, yeah, that's just, sorry, my door opened the wind. That's it. But yeah, like I was saying, yeah, every single animal in the world eats 100% raw food diet, have no access to cooked food whatsoever. And although humans have been cooking their food for a while, you know maybe you know no one knows if you look it up online it's ranges from we've been doing it for a million years to we've been doing it for a hundred thousand so no one really knows but we've been doing it for a while for sure but we've definitely been doing not been doing it for much longer so yeah I just tried it out one day because I went vegan it didn't feel so good was like, what? And then this is where the orangutans came in. I Googled what orangutans eat, and it said they're, on, they're omnivorous frugivore. They eat mostly fruit. Mm. So I was vegan at the time, so I was like, all right, my version of that is I'm gonna eat only fruit and greens, and that's what I did for a while. Mm. Um, and since then, I've started eating meat again. That's for its own reasons, but yeah. So now, I, I, but I eat raw meat, though. So that's what most freaks a lot of people out.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard, and I, I do, you know, I, I just am um, interested in nutrition generally, and so I, you know, read stuff and watch YouTube videos and all that. I, I don't know if I've ever really heard of someone eating a lot of, like, raw meat. That, that uh, I mean, the obvious thing that comes to mind is, I think most people would be like, oh, you're going to get salmonella or whatever, yeah. whatever potential yeah. bacterial infections or whatever but I just I don't know I've never really I've never really heard of that it, it, so cooking and I, I don't know the details of this but you may be, be more familiar isn't one theory um, about how humans brains got to be so big and how we sort of separate ourselves from all the other animals is that or at least part of the reasons that we started cooking food um, because it, I think it's just because it allows, it allowed us to. You can eat more foods. Yeah, you can eat, you don't have to spend so much time like digesting or like chewing well, or, I think and that, it makes the nutrients more available, something yeah. like that. So, um, as far as cooking goes,
0: there are certain foods that you get more calories out of the food if you cook it, like meat. Typically, if you cook meat, you will get more calorie available calories from it. But there's no, as far as like, oh, it's going to take so much more energy to digest, like, that's a bunch of BS. Like, if anything, it takes less energy. Um, as far as like how you feel, if you eat raw meat, it freaking glides through, like, no problems. If, compared to when I cook meat, it's like the digestion just feels, doesn't feel very good. Mm. Um, but as far as available nutrients, so here's, the, the typical examples are tomatoes and carrots are both good examples where, you know, you eat a carrot, it's pretty crunchy and hard. If you boil it, it gets really soft and the, more of that vitamin A is available for you. The really cooking really only helps you, like makes more uh, nutrients bile available if that food isn't really supposed to be eaten raw anyways. Like, you can get away with eating a carrot but it's, it's a root vegetable, it's like a beet, it's like a potato, it's like all that. You wouldn't eat any of those raw. Um, and then other people have examples of like tomatoes, canned tomatoes having more lycopene, which is a pro-vitamin A. Yeah. Um, but for, but people don't talk about the nutrients you lose when you cook. Yeah. Where if you cook meat, meat actually has vitamin C in it. Most people don't know that. You can, you can people are on the carnivore diet now. Yeah, they're not, they're getting, not getting scurvy. They're not getting scurvy. Um, because fresh meat has vitamin C in it. But if you cook it, you destroy pretty much all vitamin C in well, it. Well,
1: but those people aren't. you saying those, people, of those you people all are you? Yeah.
0: Well, that's a good question. I don't really know how they're doing it. But if I'm they're s- eating, depending on how much they cook it, though. like, um, Because you know, if you're just getting the outside, you're eating it rare, you might have some. The more you cook it, the more you destroy it. And vitamin C is definitely the most susceptible to, to being destroyed vitamin B, all the B vitamins are next Um, all the fat soluble vitamins will degrade about 20% as opposed to 100% like vitamin C but they're a lot more stable yeah But yeah, as far as the parasites and bacteria and stuff go, I was doing a lot of research on this past few days just so I could answer people better on it because I'm just not really I'm just like why would I get sick from raw meat, every single other animal eats it humans actually have extremely strong stomach acid. Yeah.
1: Um, but, so, okay, well, you, you can keep, I was, it strikes me that it would be, if you're eating raw meat, like if you're buying meat at like a grocery and eating it raw, it seems like you could be, the meat could have been exposed to some of that stuff in a way that it wouldn't have been if you were like a hunter gatherer eating raw meat. So. That's true. You have to
0: be careful where you get it from, no doubt. No yeah. doubt about that, but most, almost all food sickness cases come from undercooked meat, not raw meat, which is interesting. I can't really
1: explain that, but that's, that's maybe that's because you're the only one eating. Yeah, cocaine. I don't know. I've been doing it for
0: a while, and there are people on YouTube who've been doing it for their entire lives, and they never get sick. Wow. And so I'm not afraid of it. People, that's one of the things like about going to Indonesia. People were like, Well, oh, you got to get shots. You got to do this," and like. No, like I'm not. I'm just not afraid, and uh, yeah, and I'm not saying bad stuff is never going to happen to me. I'm not. I don't take risks willy nilly, but I just think a lot of people are scared of things they really don't know anything about.
1: Yeah, I think uh, actually, raw eggs are pretty much fine to eat, and that's something that people. I mean, I was always under the impression that you definitely you can't eat, eat salad raw or Yeah, I think if you get especially in. Especially if you get well-sourced eggs, and you can you can clean them off like the the shell a little bit because I think that's pretty much if it's gonna be contaminated, it's on the shell. But you can like you can take a good raw egg and just put it in like a smoothie and just blend it up. I mean, I haven't really I don't know if I've ever done that. I probably will. Have done I've it. done it. Yeah, and it's, it's super easy. But that's fascinating. Um, I also
0: think it has something to do with. A lot of modern people being very, having very weak immune systems and very susceptible to diseases in general. Whereas, if you've been eating a very healthy diet and you feel like and you feel really good and healthy and you know that your microbiome is appropriately diverse, then you're much less susceptible to like what's what's a few salmonella. Whatever, if it does get in my digestive, digestive system, it's immediately going to be out competed. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, I don't have like scientific proof for all of this. I'm sure there's a lot of it out there. I don't spend that much time looking it up, to be honest, anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, raw, pretty, raw. like I said, raw 99% of the time. And then uh, if I do have that cooked meal, I'm almost always like,
1: why would why I do that? So, do you, okay, so you eat. A lot of fruit, and then you eat raw meats. Yeah. Do you eat any? Do you eat eggs? Do you eat raw eggs? I, I think raw eggs are fine to eat. I don't
0: particularly enjoy them that much. Uh, the if I do eat raw eggs, I only eat the yolks. Okay. Um, and I was actually doing some research last night on eggs because eggs are an excellent source of a vitamin that's actually kind of hard to get come by, vitamin K two, mm. which is important for mobilizing calcium out of soft tissue, AKA plaque in your yeah. arteries. Yeah, that's, um,
1: how, that's how people get have heart attacks. Yeah,
0: so. so vitamin K2 is your best source of it, besides like, it's available in all fat from animals that live on grass. Um, so, you know, fatty beef is good, but the best source is like goose liver. Um, but um, it's also a very good source are egg yolks so I wouldn't mind incorporating some more egg yolks they're okay I mean I don't love them I don't hate them but I was looking it up I was thinking if goose liver has a lot maybe goose, egg, goose eggs probably have more too and the reason behind that is geese eat grass they eat grass they're grazers whereas chickens are primarily like they eat insects and like yeah. seeds Um. So I think, and good geese yolks are way bigger, and they're way more flavorful. So I think if I do end up raising birds in the future, I'll be tuned geese. Um, they don't lay as many eggs, but their eggs are huge, and you can sell them for a lot of money.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's cool. I I, eat, I need to do more research on eggs, because I eat a ton of eggs. I usually buy- I used to eat six eggs a day. <clears throat> yeah, that that's, I, I usually buy like high quality eggs, but I'm not, going super out of my way to get, like, the best eggs possible. I yeah. I probably should... Well, should there, I know a place...
0: I mean, Rainbow Blossom has a brand of eggs. It's like the, the yolks are, like, dark orange, and that's what you... Yeah,
1: that's, that's what... Sure. Yeah, that, that that shows that it's, yeah, way more nutrient-dense for sure. So, um, you... But at one point, you were only eating fruit, right? Or, like, basically yeah. only fruit? Well, so when, when I
0: was a raw vegan, I was eating primarily fruit, but then I would also eat a ton of greens, like salads. Okay. I was eating like usually two heads of romaine lettuce a day um, with like cilantro and that was pretty much it. And then the avocado and tomatoes, you know, I just make a big salad every day. Okay. And sure. that, that, if you are going to be a raw vegan, I feel like that you have to get those greens in because those are, fruit are pretty high in vitamins, um, but not really minerals and greens have a lot more minerals um, Yeah, and
1: they have a lot of like Phytonutrients. Yeah, you yeah unless I think
0: phytonutrients. I mean, I think they have benefits I don't think they're near nearly what people claim them to be these days mm-hmm. because like, like a Phytonutrient a nutrient means something you need you actually can live without phytonutrients, you know your body doesn't like Do anything with them. It just reacts to them.
1: Yeah, so and I, th- I think I think It's interesting because yeah, so the phytonutrients are not, those are distinct from like vitamins and minerals, which are things that the body need, like absolutely has to have for all these different, those are, I guess, would be considered like micronutrients, like you could call them that. But yeah, it's, it's fascinating because certain plants have mechanisms to prevent themselves from getting eaten or whatever. I think it's thought that when we can sometimes like if a human consumes that plant we actually have like a hormetic response in exactly. the body we like it's a it's, it's a like stress exercise. on the body but it the net effect is good yeah it's kind of like exercise where you're in a worse position 20 minutes after you did a hard workout than you were before that but then the next day you recover and your body adapts that stenosis and you're better off, assuming you you recover from it. Yeah, and some of the, I have to say that some of those
0: plant, you know, methods of preventing themselves from getting eaten are not hormetic, they're straight up negative. Um, Like, you know, phytic acid in nuts and seeds primarily, you block your absorption of zinc and magnesium and things like that. There's oxalic acid, where if you eat too much raw kale, you can get kidney stones,
1: mm-hmm.
0: There's Goitrogens, which are also in kale, and um, in all brassica plants, like broccoli, which blocks your ability to absorb iodine, or iodine, most mm-hmm. people say it. Um, of course, most of the time, that's not a big deal. If you if you were someone who ate, like, put, like, three cups of yeah. kale every single day in their smoothie. Uh especially
1: raw. I would say raw. Somebody. Yeah, yeah. If you cook it, a lot of
0: that comes out. Yeah. So I think... Um, but, I you know, I was a vegan at the time, and then at some point, you know, I follow a lot of people on YouTube. I realized how many people were really doing well doing the carnivore diet. Yeah. And I had to just say, like, weren't, like why aren't they dying you know like they, if meat's bad for you why aren't they freaking suffering and they yeah. weren't they were doing great so i was like i have to try it out i never did a full carnivore diet but i did start including meat in and it helped me get back to a healthier weight and now seeing pictures back when i was fruitarian or raw vegan i was probably doing suboptimally, and i hadn't been doing it long enough to get really bad results except for like i got one cavity um, yeah
1: and like yeah, I hear that. I also know. did a
0: 2 week fast, 2 week water fast. Okay. So that, Wow. If you come, if you do that and you don't refute on meat, you can definitely I think fasting is good for you, but if you don't rebuild
1: appropriately, you can definitely. You yeah, know, that's a yourself. long, that's a long one. Most people think of like a 48, 72 hours being crazy, but 2 yeah. weeks is, is very long. Yeah. That's um, as far as I understand, you know, it it's you can be a vegan and then raw vegan. I think is like a, that's a separate thing. But you can be a vegan and be healthy, especially if you're if you're doing it in a way where you're cutting out like processed foods. Like that's just gonna be good for any diet. But I think it, it's very difficult to be to be at, like have optimal health and be vegan. It's just you have to really know what you're doing. You, you probably also have to supplement with like. I think you have
0: to be genetically disposed to. To do it long term, I think a lot of people just are terrible absorbers of certain nutrients, like converting vitamin, provitamin A, like are in the strawberries, anything that's red, um, to actual vitamin A, retinol is a human form. Mm. You know, the percentage conversion is pretty terrible. And if you have genetics that predispose you to not being able to do that well or not being able to convert, uh, ALA which is omega-3 into EPA and DHA like you Mm -hmm. can be you know fucked over and if you do it if you think if you're a healthy you know if you have the idea to do a fast which is probably a smart thing fasting is good for you but if you do that along with the vegan diet maybe maybe you could get away with the vegan diet but if you and you're like slowly depleting and you're never fully depleted you live a long life and whatever but if you fast and you get rid of all that you know stuff because uh, a lot of YouTubers right now that were vegan are no longer vegan, and a lot of them have experience with raw veganism and fasting, and I think that's part of it.
1: Yeah, and that's like what I mean when I say you have to know what you're doing. Like, you, I mean, like stuff like the omega-3 fats here, like most people probably don't know that like ALA has to get converted into like EPA. The stuff your brain is made out yeah, of, Yeah, Yeah, is yeah. The, I guess the primary one but that's the kind of thing where like people someone might say oh I'm getting just as much omega 3 as that person but like really they're not there's a there's layers of analysis that you have to get into so yeah. Yeah. yeah one big clue
0: for me was that when you're raw there's always like you're always craving something like most of the time I'd be fine if I ate enough fruit I wouldn't be hungry but like there's always that you know you see like french fries you like oh, I can't eat that you know like, and, <laughs> yeah. but um but when I eat meat, like there's usually not a food you could put in front of my face. I, I'm full. You know, I don't want anything else. Yeah. And I think and, meat's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. When I was and when I was you know raw, yeah. I, when I would eat the cooked food which I thought I was craving, I couldn't eat enough of it. It would never satisfy me. But when I started eating meat again, I was like, I was satisfied, and I was, you know, I yeah. had more energy. I, I I'm twenty pounds heavier, which I think is healthier for my
1: yeah. height. Um. Well, yeah, meat is super nutrient dense. I mean, if you're getting, I mean, there's the nutrition side and there's the ethical side. Um, you can sort of put the ethical side. You know, that's a kind of a different subject. But if you're getting well sourced, high huh? quality meat, it's like grass fed, I think it's probably the most important. Meat is healthy, and um, I mean, of course you can you can overdo it, but it's it's extremely nutrient dense. And red meat, in my opinion, is probably better for you overall than, like, chicken, I, it's, you know, it's gotten... There's a better
0: uh, omega-3 to omega-6 ratio as well, beef compared to chicken. Um, yeah. Even the, from the ethical standpoint, veganism, people don't realize how many animals are killed in harvesting grain. Yeah. Like, all yeah. the mice and lizards and stuff. It's true. Probably, probably, you could live off of one cow a year if you're a small person. Yeah. But... If you eat, like, any grain, you're going to be killing hundreds of miles. Yeah,
1: and I think um, I heard this from someone, I think it was Ezra Klein, said that it's a lot more ethical if you're, like, if you're going to eat meat and you're not going to be, like, super picky about um, about the, the history of the animals that you're eating, that it's better to eat beef because, like you said, a cow has a huge body. And provides a ton of meat, but it only has one brain. So, like, a family can eat a cow for however long, versus like they can eat a chicken in a night. So yeah, it gets very weird th- when you
0: try to compare, like,
1: oh, but cows
0: are smarter. Like, you're comparing the consciousness of yeah of different animals, and that's very difficult. It becomes like you. It becomes like you're not God. You don't get to decide like yeah. who matters more. Uh,
1: yeah, it's it, you're also. It's just it's such a guessing game. You know, you can obviously we can look at an animal's behavior and try to infer how rich its inner life is, but <laughs> it's like, that's, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's not easy to do.
0: Yeah, I agree. I weird diet. I've had one for a while. I've been experimenting since I was like fifteen. Um, I told Sean that he needs to. I mean, I didn't tell him he needs to, but you know, he, he Sean's always very interesting. Oh, I'll do it with it. You know, he will yeah. say that all the time but I um, haven't gotten him to really try anything with the diet yet. I know part of it's that he lives with you know, his parents, and, uh, and even for me, I'm very, you know, I'm pretty disciplined about this stuff. Living with them was more difficult to, you know, when I'm home now, I eat whatever I want, I buy my own, all my own food. Mm-hmm. It's hard to turn down free food sometimes. Yeah,
1: and having a ton of food around, it's hard to resist. Just normal food, especially processed food. It's like it just you know it's there, and it's just it's, it's better to just not have that stuff in the house if you if you don't want to eat it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Real you know, right now, I eat the fruit mostly for um, just hydration, um, and also I, it's delicious. <laughs>
1: fruit is delicious. I think sometimes it gets a bad name. I mean, I think it probably depends on you know it, it can be high in sugar depending on the fruit but it also, it has, you know, it has fiber that helps with the absorption. Yeah, yeah, it is natural, and it's probably not great for some sedentary, old, overweight person to eat fruit all day, but if you're... It, the fruit's not their
0: issue, though, you know, it's like, it's, they didn't get fat because they are eating too much fruit.
1: <laughs> probably not,
0: no. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's raining now. Um, <laughs> It is the day is it was a great day, but it's it's getting a little gloomy outside
0: yeah, I don't know about you, but i get um I get serious like seasonal depressive disorder definitely
1: yeah, uh I don't know if I could, you know could be diagnosed with that or not, but I feel it um, it's yeah th- the thing is the weather has been it's been super good for the last few weeks. We're actually getting like a spring, which. I don't think we really had a spring last year. I, I've been working outside a lot, doing random. I was doing landscaping at my parents' house earlier. <laughs> it's just a perfect time to be doing that yeah. kind of work. Have the foxes come out yet at the Garvey house? <laughs> so, they come out at it, they come out like at dusk. I think a lot of the times my parents see them all the time. Um, my brother Patrick's dog Blade was over there today. And he he was hanging out with me like while I was working and. He will sniff around the foxhole and we're always kinda like, you gotta be careful like Yeah, I you know. saw one the other day
0: in my neighborhood.
1: good. Really? Yeah. They're they're awesome. I love foxes. Yeah. They're very they're just very cool creatures.
0: Yeah. also my condolences about Taylor is a long time. Their dog recently passed away. How and old was he?
1: He was um, I think he was fourteen is what we think. Fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, he was a great dog. Taylor was. You we were talking about ping pong earlier. He was involved with many, <laughs> many of those ping pong nights and other crazy nights at the at our old house. And Taylor was awesome. I I really loved that dog, but uh, it was time for him. So
0: yeah, yeah. R I P. Well, that was an excellent conversation, Ryan. I I think uh, we covered most of our bases. Um, <laughs> But yeah, if I guess you're leaving in like cut two weeks, three weeks, two and a half weeks. Later. All right. Well, in, in case that we probably won't get to do another podcast. I yeah. Uh, wish you good luck. Thank and, you. And uh, maybe I'll be out there. I'll definitely I'm definitely going to Colorado this summer. Um, uh, but I don't know about um, uh, you know Wyoming at some point. But yeah, yeah, that's gonna be awesome.
1: I'm I'm excited. We'll have to, if if and when I come back, maybe we can uh. Do an episode episode two. So. Oh yeah,
0: follow up, definitely. Alright, well thanks for listening guys and uh see you guys later.